Hello, my friend, it's Heike, and this is the final episode of the Pursue Your Spark podcast in 2021. And I want to say thank you for being here with me on the Pursue Your Spark podcast, and I hope you'll be with me in 2022 as well. I'm sure you enjoyed the podcast interviews with my expert guests that share their expertise from their niche. And it can be very varied. And the stories they share with you have to do with all parts of our lives or the ones that I do solo, where I talk about fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies so that you, the woman over 50 who is an empty nester, moves forward in her empty nest takes charge of her health, strength, and confidence with intermittent fasting strategies and Pilates as she goes forward in her life or moves forward in her life. And I'm always about baby steps. You've heard me. If you listen to me, I always talk about baby steps. And this episode is no different. We're talking about healthy habits and small healthy habits that you can stick with in 2022. But I want to ask you first, if you can identify with one or all of the following questions. Are you exercising ahead of the holidays because you know that you'll miss most of your workouts? Are you closing your eyes, ignoring all the healthy eating habits you established? And just don't worry about what happens during the holidays until January, sort of like Groundhog Day. Are you pre-dieting to lose some weight before the holidays? Or do you tell yourself that this is a pattern that you just do every year over and over again? So before we dive into today's episode, I want to let you know that the doors to the Emptiness Reboot will open again in January. I will leave a link in the show notes for you to get on the wait list. The Emptiness Reboot is a four-week program designed specifically for empty nester moms over 50 that want to lose body and belly fat, gain more strength and energy, feel more confident in the choices you make and how to make those choices, and moving forward in the second half of life. I leave a link in the show notes for you to get on the wait list for when the doors open, you'll be the first to know. So without further ado, let's dive in today's episode. I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with 30 years of experience. I empower empty nester moms over 50 to take back their health and strength to feel vibrant in their second half of life. Right now, you're joined by thousands of empty nester moms around the world who stop dimming their light and instead ignite their spark. On this podcast, I do what I do best, taking complicated information about fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies, and breaking it down into baby steps that are simple, actionable, and reliable so you can implement them into your life. I regularly interview some of the most inspiring guests who share their honest stories on how they went from their worst to their best in life so that you know you're not alone in your struggles. Join me 
as we redefine what aging looks and feels like by taking action and saying, yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I know these were a lot of questions, but I can ask even more questions. But you get the idea. And that is that the New Year's resolution or diet that many of us attempt in an effort to take control of our health yet again. The steps you take are the key to your success. And I'm sharing five small healthy habits that you can stick with in 2022 and beyond. So I keep going back to why do we have to go yet on another diet in January? And We don't have to, and we don't need to allow our lives to get out of control when it comes to our health. There is absolutely no reason unless you're depriving yourself throughout the year. And when you see holiday, you see the blinking neon lights that say, do it all, go out, eat what you can, drink as much as you want, stop exercising, put your feet on the couch. You earned it. I can see those neon signs blinking, like, do it all. But we don't have to. And right now, we are bombarded with healthy recipes to make during the holidays. And I get it. Everyone is trying to help you eat healthy and well-balanced meal. Or meals, I should say, and not overeat during the holidays. But honestly, There might be one of the recipes you've never tried and you love it. So I'm not poo-pooing those recipes because I've given you those recipes before. The same is true for exercise. The new gadgets, so new gadgets come on the market every year. And the old ones are rebranded, polished up, or give it a little bit of a different packaging just to entice you to buy them, of course. Also, the the exercise industry also wants to keep you exercising. Besides, we all are looking for some gift ideas for the people we love. And that could be a way to go and get a gadget. But you hear about all those free challenges that you can do and classes to join. But to be honest, you're not going to. Or you start only to stop because you're busy during the holidays. Everybody's running around cooking, cleaning, shopping, wrapping, whatever else we're doing. And one of my clients just said, oh, I got to make the jam. And first I was totally confused in the middle of our Pilates session. She's talking about jam and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, Pilates is the jam. And she said, oh, remember, I make this jam every year that has my dog's label on it. And I have to tell you, friends, this is the best jam or marmalade I've ever tasted. It's so good. And I'm hoping I get some this year again, as I do every year. But back on topic, during the holidays, we also lack accountability for you to stay with your efforts, to stay healthy and move forward instead of going backwards in your wellness. So you're scrounging around and the new year, new you slogan is big. But I wonder... Why? Is the old one not good enough? This is truly a pet peeve of mine. The new year, new you. You're just as good as you are. If you cheated during the holidays, it doesn't make you an old person or not good enough. 
every year it comes out and I just started reading it and I can't help myself. I just can't stand that slogan because it makes us feel less, less worthy, inferior, makes us feel bad about ourselves. I just scratch it. Whenever you see it, rebel against it like I do right now. But when you think about why will the new year be different this time? I'm 60 years old. And if I say, okay, I'm putting in my shoes of somebody who's dieted for since they're probably in their teens. Many of my clients have gone through diets in their early teens where they thought they were too fat and didn't fit in in college and things like that. And if you're one of those women, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And every year, our hopes are raised where we hope oh, this, this, this time it's going to work. I know it's going to work because it worked for so And look at those success stories. Wow, yeah, I want to be that, that success story too. Who doesn't? But honestly, it will not be much different than any other year. And why do we even need a New Year's resolution? What are we resolving? We can do this on Easter. We can do this on our birthdays, which probably would be even better. But to make things better, one of the questions that I get asked every year from my existing clients, they say, well, how is your business? And I'm going, well, you know, it's COVID and we're really slow, but I'm doing a lot of online training classes and I have my uh, reboot course. And they go, wow, but in January, you be packed. And I have to tell them, I am never packed on New Year's. Yeah, honestly, I am not a gym. I am a small business. I have a brick and mortar where I see people one-on-one -on -one that are here in Maryland. And I have my empty nest reboot for anybody that can't be with me in person and still wants to train with me. But I don't have that influx of clients that come to me for six weeks want to lose a ton of weight, change their eating habits, do it all and, you know, be all. And then they leave disappointed and frustrated with very little to no results six weeks later. Or they just don't feel like it anymore because they don't want to do what they are doing now in the first place. So why is it that I don't get new clients consistently, especially in January? My clients have stuck with me for some of them for almost 18 years. That is a long time. Some of them stay with me for a year, two, three, four. But I have very few people that come for six weeks or a few sessions. And uh, the reason I believe is that I tell how it is, as I like to say. I tell you what works, what doesn't work. Where are the, the roadblocks that we need to overcome? And I'm, tell, I'm honest. I'm honest to a default. And people say, whoa, you're such a German. You're so direct. And I tell you, that is what works. Telling people really what they can expect and what they can't expect based on their body type, based on their lifestyle. We all have such different lifestyles. That if I have a cookie cutter and say, yep, the, these Pilates exercises and these uh, intermittent fasting approaches will work for all of you. Doesn't work. And that's why the empty Emptiness Reboot is also set up that way. It is a group program, 
but you will get a lot of individual attention when it comes to what works for you. But one final question, and then I'm going to stop questioning you, is like, why are we letting the diet industry dictate our health? Why are we letting the diet industry dictate our health? Let's stop this. Let's no longer listen to those lies and false messages and raising false hopes. I get it. This all sounds so amazing and it's almost a natural progression from what we are experiencing year after year. Let's break the cycle and stop treating our bodies with less respect than it deserves. And you know, well, I am a mom. Just like a good mom, I'm preaching to the choir, namely you. And I hope that you'll hear me and follow my advice at least a little on how you can modify your ingredients for a dish so that it has fewer calories and fewer unhealthy fats. That you don't let go of your exercise routine, but adjust it to your environment. Perhaps you're visiting your kids and grandkids, but you want to hang out with them more. So you're cutting back, but don't let it go all to pots. But despite of all our efforts and good intentions, we most likely eat a little bit more, move a little less, and that's okay, but only for a few days, not for weeks. So in the past, I created the post titled How to Avoid Holiday Weight Gain for Good. I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can reread it or you can also listen to it as a podcast episode um, while you're here. And uh, then the other one I did, another post that is in the hopes that you will never go on another diet again, I wrote this post. The three reasons why it's time to stop falling off the diet wagon, but choose you and your health instead. So this year, let's do something radically different the end of the year and going into 2022. The five small habits that you can stick with in 2022 and beyond. You know, we are a work in progress and that's totally okay. For example, trying to be perfect, have the perfect weight, the perfect body fat ratio, make the perfect meal and live the perfect life are unrealistic ideas and create more stress and unhappiness than not. Creating small habits that you can do with your eyes closed, not even thinking about it, and done consistently over time, will produce lasting results. But first, let's ask yourself, what areas in your life need attention? So I thought about, I always talk about fitness and nutrition, and mindset strategies. So let's put this together in a whole package. You can't do it all at once, even if you wanted to, because it feels so overwhelming. And we give up sometimes before we even start, because it seems so much. It seems such a a big mountain, or like I sometimes like to say, roll a big rock up the hill. Sometimes that rock is so heavy, we don't want to start. 
we're like, we can't do this. This is way too much. Or as we move it a little bit forward, we're going, ah, that's good enough. I don't need more. So let's look at three areas in your life that are deserving of your attention. And number one is your home. You know the saying, home is where the heart is. And home can be for us empty nesters anywhere, but you got to live somewhere. Home is like a sanctuary for many of us. And now that we're an empty nester, you can design it any way you want. For example, you can downsize and move to a smaller place. Or you sell your current place and move to a new location. Kids are gone. You can do whatever you want. You can decorate your place to your taste and get rid of the clutter that the kids might have created while they were living with you or you have a whole bunch of their stuff still hanging around in your house. You might be hesitant, however, about uh, taking your kid's bedroom. Well, it took about a year for me to take over my daughter's room in our house. There was the side tables, there was her bed, the lamp. Uh, she took all of her paintings with her or drawings that she had on the walls. The closet was empty, just with some stuff she didn't want. And so for a year, I said, yeah, we need a guest room. And in case she comes back, she, she definitely needs a place to stay. I mean, I can possibly have her sleep on the couch or the blow-up mattress. And I was thinking, okay, I got to hold on to it. And every time I looked into the room, I thought of her and it brought a smile to my face and a little tug on my heart. And then I asked her, yeah, I did. I said, hey, what would you think about if I'm going to turn your bedroom into my recording studio where I do all my, my office work and my video recording? And she's like, sure, go ahead, mom. I don't need this room. If I come and visit, I can sleep on the couch, rent myself a hotel room and no sweat. She's like, I don't live there anymore. I never thought about it that way, that she actually said, hey, it's okay. I don't care if I sleep there. You don't have to keep all my stuffed animals on the shelf and things like that. But you know what? I found out that it, it was okay to turn the room into an office or whatever you, to, um, whatever you choose to turn this room into, in a sewing room, in a photography room, into a just a room for yourself. Like some people have the she shed. You could have the she room. Sounds great. I just thought of that. So I created my she room office here in our, in her former bedroom. Now, when you declutter and you, you put things in order and give away things that no longer serve you, you create more happiness. Coming to a place that is organized, a peaceful and fun reduces stress and it creates a sense of well-being and harmony. You're like, oh, I love being here. This is great. Number two is your time deserves attention. The saying you can't take back time or turn back time as some of the songs go is true. Be clear on how you spend your time and what you waste it on. Mindlessly scrolling through social media with no purpose can take away hours of your day and you don't even notice it. I'm to blame like of this myself sometimes. You just start and it's going down the 
the wormhole, I think it's called, or down the hole, and there seems to be no end. Are you living your life according to what's important to you, or are you busy doing things for others, or so that you can just start ticking off things of your to-do list? Unfortunately, we're busy buying gifts and preparing meals to make everything just perfect. And in fact, we're driving ourselves crazy during the holiday season. So think about it that way. Where's, where's you in all this? What is important to you? If it's important to you to buy the gifts and that's your thing, then perhaps it doesn't drive you crazy. But for most of all, we already have a plate full of things we want to do and the have to do's and the must-dos, and I talk about this in the Emptiness Reboot as well. So if you feel that you never have time for the things you know are important to you and keep making excuses for not reaching your goals, then it's time to take a hard look at your priorities. Do those priorities serve you well? Or do you need to sit down and clarify your goals? And I talk about goals a little while later. Told you this episode is full of questions. <laughs> and number three is self-care. I know there's a lot of talk about self-care and how, redu- how to reduce stress. And I wrote a post strat- or also a podcast called Five Strategies to Get More Done with Less Stress. So link in the show notes for you to, t- to listen or to read. It is essential to put yourself first after all the years of being a mom caring for others. You might have neglected your body and mind for a long time and don't even know what self-care might look like or that you even deserve it. Or self-care might sound like an overindulgence or that you might feel selfish or be selfish when you take care of yourself but neither of those things is true. You're not overindulging and you're not selfish. Maybe a little bit, but that's a good dose of selfishness. But instead, it's about caring for your health and well-being so that you can live a healthy and happy second half of life, the life that you imagined. So it doesn't have to be a spa day. Also, that would be really nice. A whole spa day? Mm, Yep, I can dig that. Instead, think about talk kindly to yourself. When was the last time you you looked in the mirror and you said, I'm strong, I'm able, I'm smart. And if you watch some of my video, then you see that I have three messages that are sitting over my shoulder. And one says, you got this. One is pursue your spark. And finally, be fiercely you. And these three affirmations speak to me. So when you see me in a video, I usually stand here or sit here in my office, formerly my daughter's room, and um, have these positive affirmations behind me. And they support me in everything I do and everything I think about and everything I create for you. And when was the last time you looked in the mirror and said nice things about yourself? Exercise regularly, eat healthy meals, surround yourself with a positive community are all part of self-care. What's not to like about 
a great tasting, healthy meal that looks good, tastes good, and it's good for your gut and your body. Or an exercise and you go, oh my God, I feel so much stronger and I reduced my stress after my exercise level, uh, exercise class. And what about a positive community? Who doesn't want to be around people who speak kindly to themselves and to you? And they have positive stories to, to share with you. You'll make better choices and create a positive life when you feel your best or are at your best. So what is the difference between a habit and a goal? A habit is a behavior that is repeated over and over consistently. It is a fixed way of thinking or a feeling acquired through previous experiences repeated over and over on an extended period of time. And don't worry, I have examples for that. A goal, on the other hand, is a desired result or outcome that a person envisions, plans, or commits to achieve. So I use, <clears throat> I use water. Drink a glass of water after you wake up. That's a habit. Your goal is drink eight glasses of water each day. That's your goal. You may, as many of my uh, course participants have told me, they can't drink so much water as, it, as I asked them to in, through intermittent fasting. But it all starts with a habit. And you might actually like drinking water or sparkle water. It doesn't matter what it is. To create lasting change, start with the smallest step possible and build from there. From there. You see, if you want to change everything all at once, you feel overwhelmed and, like I told you with the rock, you may not even start. Habits are something that will become automatic over time. And brushing teeth is a really good example. Remember the first time your parents said, here's a toothbrush, now brush your teeth? At first, you do 30 seconds or whatever it is, you brush around. But then you kind of go, hmm, my teeth are kind of mm, yummy, shiny, and they feel really good. So you do a little bit more. The next time you brush your teeth, you say, oh, the first time was really good. Let's do a little bit more of this. And your teeth feel even better. And you may have even brushed out a few of the stains that you didn't brush out because you didn't take time to brush. You didn't have the patience for it. And your goal is to brush for two minutes each day, morning and evening. So you build on those 30 seconds you do and you continue brushing your teeth. So now I can't imagine not brushing my teeth before, well, that, that's the wrong way to say, but brushing my teeth before I go for a run, I was going to say, yeah, I can't do that either. I have to brush my teeth before I go running. But before uh, your breakfast or after your breakfast, after your breakfast will be better because I don't eat breakfast since I'm fasting, but after dinner is also a good opportunity to brush your teeth. It keeps your teeth healthier. It also keeps away the sneaky snacking bugs because your mouth is nice and clean and fresh and minty, so it's all good. So your reward is that everyone notices how white and shiny your teeth are and your dentist may give you 
the extra toothbrush and toothpaste and a floss when you get there and give you a pat on the on the back for a good job done. I know this is a silly uh, a silly example, but I thought that was just so obvious. Clean teeth are the best. So let's uh, let's apply that to the five small healthy habits you can stick with in 2022 and beyond. Number one, drink a glass of water before you have your coffee or tea in the morning, whenever that is. After good night's sleep, we're dehydrated. Everybody is. And starting the day dehydrated is not a good idea because it will set you up for more tiredness, sluggishness, uh, eating uh, with less control, I should say. And continuing to be hydrated, also you would tend to then not uh, hydrate your tissue when you think of hot flashes. Yeah, you want to drink a lot of water. But most women have trouble drinking eight classes, glasses of water per day. As your habit, you start with one glass of water. Do it as soon as you wake up. And your goal is to drink eight glasses over time for the whole day. So that's a habit and a goal to drink one water and you manage that one water. Maybe the next day you manage it one and a half or just one in a sip. Um, so think about it. This is a baby step, but over time gets you to your big goal. Number two is exercise every day. We often put exercise as the last thing on our list before we even think, ah, no, I, I got this. No problem. I can do it anytime. If it's not on the list, sure. I'm making time for that. Eventually the day is over and you again didn't exercise. This pattern develops into an unhealthy habit. We don't want that. So instead, as soon as you get up, or you can actually do it in bed too, you stretch for one minute, right in bed every morning. So you wake up, you say, okay, I need to stretch my lower back. I need to stretch my hamstrings. I need to stretch my hips out a little bit in bed. And you're ready to go. Your goal over time is that you spend five minutes of stretching every morning. Or whatever it is that you want to do. You do five minutes of ab work. You choose. You do you of what it is that you want to do as exercise to get you started every day with baby steps. So you do you. Let me know what you do. Number three is eat more protein. Many women tend to undereat protein. And carbohydrates, let's face it, are often easier to find. But they're mostly in processed forms. And therefore, it is important to add protein to each meal to help you stay full longer, build lean muscle mass, and boost your metabolism to have more energy and strength. So how do we get that habit going? Add a scoop of whey protein to your morning smoothie. It's a good way to start. Then your goal would be eat protein with every meal, as in eggs, chicken, seafood, beans, or other sources of protein. And you just say, okay, I got one meal. I can, I can do this. If you don't drink a breakfast smoothie or shake, then start with lunch. If you always eat a plate full of salad with whatever's on there, add some more beans, add some chicken, add some eggs. It's a great start because eventually you will end up missing your protein and you keep looking for that macronutrient. Number four, reduce stress. We're dealing with way more stress than we need to have in our day. 
Stress creates so many health problems from high blood pressure, stroke, and raised cortisol levels, making it hard to lose weight and body fat. But you know, reducing stress can be stressful in itself. So here's, here's what we do as our habit. Start breathing when you feel stressed. Just take five deep breaths in instead of reacting to the stressor at the moment. So if somebody makes you angry or, throw the, or throws a, a, something in your face, you breathe in through the nose and then you breathe out through the mouth. Very slow, five times. This is your habit. So every time you feel stressed in traffic, if people make you angry, whatever it is, start doing your five breath. The goal eventually is to create a strategy for reducing your biggest stress offender over times. And we talk about in detail about stress reducing strategies and the empty nest reboot. But baby steps, start breathing, makes a big difference. And number five is gratitude. Recognize and acknowledge the things you're grateful by tracking them in a journal or any place where you can write stuff down. <laughs> when we write things down, we become more evident or they become more evident in our minds. This is a great way to make gratitude a habit and recognize it more clearly when it happens in our lives. So when you think about starting your day with gratitude, pick one thing you're grateful for when you wake up. Let's see, you wake up and you say, I am grateful that the sun is shining. This is your gratitude for the day. Could be at lunchtime. I am grateful that I have a meal right in front of me. It could be, I am grateful that I can drive to work. I'm grateful that it rains today because the plants outside need water. You get the idea. Your goal would be to write in your journal every day and list perhaps three to five items that you're thankful for. And they don't have to be big things. They could be anything from ah, the weather, the sun is shining. I loved, loved, loved my tuna salad for lunch. I am so excited that my knees are not hurting today. I am happy that my husband gave me this big kiss. Again, you get the idea. It doesn't have to be earth-shattering things that you think about. And the smaller, again, those gratitude thank yous are, the better. Because it's where the little things are where it's at. So you see, these are five small healthy habits that you can stick with in 2022 and beyond. They are not significant and overwhelming, but instead you're starting with baby steps. And if practiced over time, they generate the results you're looking for in your health. And you will never again get on the diet hamster wagon, the New Year's resolution, the 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 new you none of this nonsense so i want to know from you 
Which habit are you going to start with in 2022 that you can start building habit on top of habit and reach your goals in, in probably faster time than you think? Because if you're consistent, you can do it. So with this, my friends, I am closing out the 2021 and jumping into the 2022 with eyewise open and heart as well. Please reach out to me at HeikeEats at on Instagram and HeikeEats as Pursue Your Spark on Facebook and let me know which habit are you going to start with in 2022 and beyond. I can't wait from, to hear from you and I'll see you in the new year with another episode of the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Until then, be well, my friend. Ciao.